Hello, my friends. This is Bishop Campbell welcoming you again to a short meditation on the theme of living the Catholic life. The month of September is dominated by two very important feasts, and I want to talk a little about the, the first of them because, in a sense, the title of the feast is, to many people's ears, a strange one. The Feast of the Exaltation of the Holy Cross. Now, I suspect in our own time, we are not baffled by combining the word cross with exaltation. But when, in fact, the early Christians exalted in the sign of the cross, they were a scandal to their pagan Roman and Greek uh, neighbors. For in the Roman and Greek world, the sign of the cross was the sign of utter degradation and humiliation, of extraordinary cruelty, and a punishment that is reserved only for the most dreadful of criminals. But I think it is one of the most powerful indications of the victory of Christianity in the transformation, the extraordinary transformation in the meaning of the sign of the cross. And in fact, the cross itself has become the universal sign of the presence of Christians. And actually, I was not aware of how true this was because growing up as I did in a particular culture, uh, both uh, European and Western American, the sign of the cross was considered simply a part of everyday life. But I remember being in Morocco, in North Africa, looking for a Catholic church, and it was pointed out to me, run by a group of, I believe, Marist fathers. And I, I said to my guide, uh, you know, it might be much easier to find this place if there were a cross on the door. And the guide told me, uh, no, the sign of the cross is forbidden in this country. Muslim country. And then it struck me that what I had taken for granted is still that powerful sign of the presence of, of Christians. And Catholics who worship and pray with their bodies are really from the beginning of their sentient uh, life taught how to make the sign of the cross on their bodies. And the, the prayer uh, position of the priest at Mass in the Eucharistic prayer, offering up the gradual uh, or the uh, colic prayers, is extending his hands outward in what is known as the Oran's position, but a position that actually developed from a tradition in the early church to make an, uh, an examination of mind and heart at the end of the day thanking God for the good that has been allowed us to be done, uh, asking for his mercy and forgiveness for those things that we did do that were not following his law or spirit. And after that examination of conscience, the Christian would stand up in preparation for praying the Lord's Prayer, which was both the Lord's Prayer and also an act of contrition in the early church, 
and extend his hands outward and make of his body a cross. And in so doing, both rejoiced in the the gift of Christ's death on the, the cross and also a realization of the cost of that gift. And I, I wonder in our own time when the presence of the cross, the, uh, the sign of the cross, is still quite prevalent, whether the cross is simply becoming a piece of jewelry that is just normally worn uh, by people. So what is this exaltation of the cross that is celebrated in that very famous hymn, Lift High the Cross? And why is it so important to our Christian life and, in fact, to our life of worship of God through Jesus Christ and in the Holy Spirit? There has been some discussion about whether the cross should be displayed empty of a corpus or the actual crucifix. The empty cross, for many Christians, is a witness to the sign of the cross as a victory over death, a realization that death could not hold the cross. And in rising from the dead, death has no more power over him or over any faithful Christian. For Catholics, traditionally, the crucifix has been a sign both of that profound sacrifice and the final and complete sacrifice that is offered among people of faith, but also it is a sign of the cost of our redemption to remind us of what God has done for us at what cost, hoping, in fact, to encourage in us a deep sense of gratitude. In one of the readings of the Mass for the Exaltation of the Cross, which is September the 14th, is taken from the book of the Old Testament, the book of Numbers, in which there is a very interesting scene that follows upon the grumbling that had become so constant among the Israelites who were suffering some deprivations on their journey to the uh, promised land. In that desert, they dwelt upon what was gone, what was lacking, and they complained bitterly. And in fact, they complained to Moses in which he grew tired. But God, uh, hearing this complaint, sent among the people a number of serpents who bit the people. And in fact, Most who were bitten got sick. Others actually died. And Moses interfered uh, in this whole scene and prayed God, deliver uh, the people from these serpents. And Moses was told, you take and make a sign of that serpent. Lift it up above the people. And all who look upon that uh, serpent will be cured. Jesus himself refers to this passage, this scene, when he says, just as in the desert when the serpent was lifted up, so uh, when the Son of Man is lifted up, will he draw 
all others to himself. And in fact, a reference to the cross. And the cross, like the serpent, became both a sign of the sinfulness of the people and the cost of that sinfulness, but at the same time, it was a sign of the cure and the forgiveness of that, that sign. So that within that cross of Jesus is both a reminder and, in fact, a conviction of our need for God's forgiveness and the way by which that forgiveness is achieved through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. As Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen used to say, Easter without Good Friday is simply another form of paganism. And for this reason, we do exalt the cross. We do have that sign, both as a a memorial of our great need for the grace and, and benefits of God, but also as a remembrance of our path through death, through sin, through darkness, into light and life everlasting. I think this is why our Lord makes uh, a very demanding command to take up one's cross as an indication of true discipleship. How often, as children, were you told by your parents after you complained of some difficulty or some loss or some deprivation, oh, offer it up. Offer it up as Jesus was offered up on the cross for us. But in realizing and taking up one's cross, we have this great power in realization of facing our difficulties with hope and patience, realizing that in Jesus Christ, in, in associating our own difficulties with his suffering and death, we achieve a transformation of that. We realize whatever difficulty we experience here on earth is not the end of the story. We realize also in exalting the cross that we find there an example in a call to sacrifice. And the term sacrifice is not simply a giving up. The sacrifice in, in its original Latin meaning meant making something sacred, allowing our gifts, our offerings, are really facing our difficulties with patience and hope is a way of sacralizing our existence, our choices, our, our victories in the name of Jesus Christ. It also allows us to realize in making that sacrifice, making something truly sacred, we need to establish a scale of priorities. What in our lives truly comes first? What comes second, third? I don't think we want to go farther down the scale. But if it's truly first, is it the motive of our lives and our actions? Even though in order to do that, we have to give up other things that may even be good. Remember when our Lord told Martha, who was busy about all the uh, terms of hospitality and complained to Jesus that her sister Mary was just sitting there listening to Jesus. Jesus says to Martha, not 
you have done a wrong thing. But he says that Mary has chosen the better part, not the only good part, the better part. And the problem uh, Jesus is pointing out to Martha is, you have done a good thing, but maybe at the wrong time. That you have to realize there was something superior to this good. And to following that superior reality, you are not making what is good evil. You're just making it out of time and out, out of uh, an appropriate sense. But with these scales, we achieve a kind of happiness, an order within our lives, and a realization that our final goal in our spiritual life day by day is the determination of how we are to live our present lives. And this is day by day, hour by hour, waking up and making that uh, oblation, that, that offering to God in our morning offering. And I think that as we celebrate the Feast of the Exaltation of the Cross, the challenge is to make the cross a true sign of faith and hope, as well as a call for us to missionize, to call others to the reality of that cross and allow it to be approached with reverence and great hope.